It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World, Truth Social, the new social media platform owned by President Donald J. Trump, is taking on the establishment social media platforms and allowing for true free speech. Here to talk more about the launch of Truth Social and his new role as CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group, I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Congressman Devin Nunes. Devin, thank you for once again joining us. I think we've known you in a variety of jobs, including the head of the Intelligence Committee. And as I understand it, today's a big day for Truth Social because you are expanding the social media network from iPhone users over to a desktop application. How much do you think this will expand the number of people who are able to get on the platform? Well, hey, Newt, it's great to be back with you. And I think the first time I was with you, I think we were talking Russiagate hoax back in the day. I was chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. And then I want to say that I actually talked to you when I was the ranking member after we had lost the majority. And now here in my new role at True Social. And look, this is a big day. This morning, we've been beta testing the web app version. So essentially, the way we worked this, because we couldn't rely on any of the big tech tyrants, because obviously we're a big target, they'd quickly blow up our server farms, cut us off of services. So we had to build this from the ground up. And the way we started was 
through the Apple App Store. So we had an app, we beta tested it for about almost two months. And then we opened it up here about four weeks ago. And we were number one on the Apple App Store, gosh, almost number one, I think for 10 days running, for sure in the top five. And then this morning, we opened up for a web browser. So you can now access, you go to truthsocial.com and anyone can create an account and on any device that you have. So people are excited. They love it on the desktop. I think our team did a really good job. And so even if you have an Android phone, you can actually get it on your Android phone if you bookmark it. And we're in production now of being in the Google Play Store for those of you who want to have an app. But the good thing now is anyone can get it. And we have the capacity using Rumble Cloud for both our data centers and our video. So we are uncancelable, Newt. And that's been the goal of this company is to not only give people their voice back, open the internet back up, but be in a safe environment where you feel safe here at True Social and you don't have this risk of being banned if you disagree with vaccines or gun control or anything like that. So from the standpoint of getting something this complex launched, was it a lot larger technology management project than you thought when you first joined? No, I think the real issue is, you know, we kind of know what we need to do. It's just making sure that with all of our team, we focus on quality and reliability. And we have to just go slow and take this step by step and build it block by block because we just can't take a shortcut. We just can't say, well, gosh, why don't we just call up Amazon? Or why don't we just call up Bill Gates? He could probably help us out. You know, this thing could have been stood up quickly. All you would really need is software. You could rely on all the big tech companies for all your needs. Well, we are really limiting any outside vendor that we have, and we're vetting them very, very carefully. So, you know, for the most part, it's us, a few vendors, but most importantly, Rumble, which is the YouTube alternative, but they also are now getting into offering, and we're kind of their first big client, or I think we are their first big client. They're into cloud services. It's exciting times, new. We've got to be the fastest growing social media company in history, but we can't take any shortcuts. We have so many people that want different features, but we've just got to be slow and methodical to ensure quality and reliability and that we can't be shut down by these tech tyrants. Was it difficult to find the level of talent you need given the biases of Silicon Valley? <laughs> well, you know what's really interesting about that is we have had so many people apply that we have, you know, stacks and stacks of resumes because I think there's a strong group of conservatives to independents who do not like what they've seen out of Silicon Valley. And so we have no shortage, honestly, of talent. It's just a matter of to build this, it just takes time and you just have to go slow because we can't make any mistakes. In a perfect world, you would have launched the web app version, the Apple version, Google Play, blowing it up. But the way that we do things here is we build it slow, we test it, then we build the next project, test it. So any new code, we're coming out with new features. So today we launched the ability to access it via a web browser. We've got other features that are in the pipeline that we are currently beta testing. And we just have to be, like I said, slow and methodical. So how much was the challenge of working with Rumble and to what degree is Rumble really truly free from the alternative systems, Google and others? They are 100% nude. It's amazing what they've done. It's an interesting story with Rumble because I kind of stumbled into Rumble. 
I had my little podcast that I used as a member of Congress to get around the fake news so that I could reach my supporters. Because as you recall, I was getting hammered so much with fake news. I found it to be a good way to create a podcast so that I could reach my supporters around the country. And every week, my podcast would grow and grow and grow in terms of subscribers and downloads. And it was Dan Bongino who actually said, man, you're doing really well, because I think I was the first member of Congress to have a podcast. Obviously, I was an early adopter, so it was a little bit of advantage, fewer competitors. But you know, I mean, there'd be times that I would be in the top 50 you know, of podcasts. It was amazing. And Dan Bongino was like, hey, man, you got to get on YouTube. And I said, oh, you know, I knew what YouTube was, but I didn't think of doing a video podcast. And so I started doing a video podcast and it was just basically a simulcast. So I'd upload it to the podcast audio system and then we would put it up to YouTube. Well, I had started with 8,000 followers and I was posting the videos there and I think I ended with 9,000 followers, but the bottom line is, Newt, that my first episode was the highest viewed, and then it just spiraled downhill from there. You know, almost I joke, but if there could have been negative views on my YouTube, I would have had negative views. And, you know, it was so ridiculous because I knew I was sending it to, you know, a million people. I knew what my audio podcast was doing because it kept growing. And I joked that I had enough family members that would actually just feel sorry for me enough to at least hit the play button, you know, so I got a view. And I just said, what the hell is going on here? So I just told our team, let's just find a video player. I said, something's wrong. Like you can't find anything. So we find Rumble. It had been a company, been around six, seven years, and they had a video player and they were getting into the space of where YouTube's at. And I said, hey, what the hell? We don't have anything to lose. Let's just call these guys. They look pretty good. And Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO of Rumble, he at first thought that maybe he was under investigation, right? When you have the chairman of the intelligence committee calling you. And then he realized quickly that he wasn't under investigation, that we really wanted to use his system. And then during that conversation, I just said, look, I just have one question. And this is where Chris thought I went from like, man, does this guy even know what the hell he's talking about? Because I asked a very basic question of him. I said, hey, if I post my video podcast to Rumble and you get on there and search, will my podcast come up? And, you know, he tells the story later. He's like, man, I thought you didn't know anything about tech. And he asked me a question. I said, no, no, try it. I said, go to YouTube and try to find my podcast. And that was like a holy crap moment for Chris. He's like, oh my God, I can't find it. And he looked and looked and looked. We were on the phone. And I'm like, dude, they do exist. And I sent them the actual links from YouTube. So what was happening is they were burying the links. Nobody could find my podcast. I mean, it was like the quintessential definition of being censored and shadow banned. So long story short, Newt, I go to Rumble, post my first video. Remember, no one had heard of Rumble. No one. And I told you I had 9,000 followers when I left YouTube. In three weeks, I had 35,000 followers on Rumble. So much so that the Rumble team thought that it was some kind of scam, like they were being attacked by bots or something. In three months, Newt, I had almost 400,000 followers on Rumble. And now the rest is history. You know, Rumble is basically the alternative for conservatives and independents who get banned or shadow banned by YouTube. And, you know, it's an amazing story. And I was glad that they were there because it was the only way that I was able to get my message out during those really dark times of the Russia hoax and impeachment hoax and all of that. We've experienced similar things with Facebook and Google, where they will use an algorithm 
that will basically make it very hard to find whatever I'm doing. You can literally track when somebody decides to go after us and then how we gradually bounce back. But on a fairly regular basis, somebody will push us. And I think we may end up following you to Rumble. And certainly we're going to be consistently using Truth Social as one of the ways of getting our messages out. Yeah, I'm so excited that you joined. It'll be fun and hopefully we'll draw some people with us. Hi, this is Newt. We have serious decisions to make about the future of our nation. Americans must confront big government socialism, which has taken over the modern Democratic Party, big business, news media, entertainment, and academia. In my new book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future, I offer strategies and insights for everyday citizens to save America's future and ensure it remains the greatest nation on earth. It is a must-read for any concerned citizen. Here's a special offer for my podcast listeners. You can pre-order my book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, right now at gingrich360.com book, and the book will be shipped directly to you when it comes out on July 12th. Don't miss out on this special offer to pre-order my new book today. Go to gingrich360.com book to order your copy now. Order it today at gingrich360.com slash book. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you look at what's happened with Twitter and Elon Musk has sort of surfaced the reality that there are apparently an amazing number of fake accounts and bots on Twitter, how do you guard against that happening to Truth Social? So no one's going to be perfect, but I think the difference here was, and this is part of the reason why I quit posting on Twitter two and a half years ago, and I told all my colleagues, you guys are wasting your time being on here. And I had that experience with Rumble, and then I also was the first member of Congress to go to Parler before Bezos cut the cords there and ruined that company. So I knew what would happen if you just build a system that doesn't censor people. I knew it would take off. And obviously, with President Trump behind it, it really accelerated it, right? So the main way that we do it is we don't want any fake people or spam accounts. And you know we not only have what is called two-factor, but you have to have an email and a phone number. And you can't have hundreds of accounts associated with the email or phone number. And that's where some of these companies go wrong. They want to pad their numbers, so they let people create these spam accounts, bot farms. There's people who do this for a living that basically run bot farms so that they can go out and sway public opinion, right? So if somebody posts something and then boom, like if you're conservative, boom, it just gets attacked. And that's one of the really bad things that Twitter has done over the last several years is they've allowed that to happen so much. So, you know, I just call it a sewer and it wasn't even worth posting on. And I told my colleagues, because once I went to Rumble, once I was on Parler, I said, look, we're getting so screwed here. You guys don't even understand until you actually live through it. You don't understand it. And now on True Social, I think there's millions of Americans now who can't believe this. Like we have a guy who's really popular funny guy. His name is Cat Turd. I remember him on Twitter because he's super funny. And he just posted this morning that he now has in a month being on our platform, he's got a half a million followers and he's getting more engagement than he's getting on the other platforms. And there's countless others that just through the beta test, remember, Newt, like I said, we only have Apple right now and we're only in the United States of America. So imagine where we're going to be when we build these features out and keep growing it's going to be incredible. The early adopters who got on, people are just seeing more engagement. So 
you know, we have the two-factor authentication and then there's a few other things that we do. We're also constantly on it, making sure we have a system where people can report if they think somebody is a bot or spam or fake account. So it just takes technology and manpower and honestly help from our users. I mean, that's probably the biggest help is when our users report suspicious activity because it helps us really track down. Because what will happen is they'll go on and they'll try to sell something or get them to click on a link. And the faster people report, the faster we can keep them off. So one of the things that Twitter was never able to solve was building up an ad serving model and making it work and drawing to them the kind of brands that buy lots of advertising. How do you convince brands like McDonald's or FedEx or Home Depot to join Truth Social? Well, there's a lot of questions that are packed within that one question. So first of all, I always tell people, and we talk about this here at the company, at Truth Social, the last thing we want to be is Twitter. What we're trying to build here is we take the best attributes of Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. So we're trying to take the best of all those, put them into a social media network where people feel safe, family-friendly environment, no bots, no spam, and they can be themselves and express themselves without political censorship. If you really look at what's been happening we want to make sure that we are just looking where the market is. And I think a lot of people don't realize this that are out there until you just go to like a normal function and just ask normal Americans a simple question, you know, what social media platforms are you on? And so Twitter has a great brand across the globe, no question. But all it is, is it's a global PR wire where people put press releases out. It's for celebrities and political hacks and corporations that want to put press releases out. It's a glorified press release model that is global and it has a little bird as a brand. But outside of that, most normal people, and I think this may be shocking to people, but just go to a family function like I did at Easter, kind of my extended family. I asked everybody there, probably a hundred people there, how many of you are on Twitter? And no one was on Twitter, except for I had two uncles that said, yeah, they used to be on, but they got off when Trump got kicked off. But if you talk about Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, nearly 70, 80% of people that are on there, especially if it's a younger audience, they're for sure going to TikTok. So the bottom line is anytime we waste, worrying about Twitter is a waste. It's a failed business model. It doesn't work. Instagram, Facebook, very, very successful. I think Facebook's hurting themselves. It's obviously the same company, but I think Facebook has damaged themselves with the censorship. I think they're starting to lose people. And that's why one of the features we want are groups and closed groups. So people feel comfortable bringing their family pictures or albums, that sort of thing onto the platform. It's going to take a while for us to build that, but I think that will really help. But Instagram, no question, has been a success. And that's why people will notice, even though our platform is just in the beginning stage, it, most people say that you look at our platform, it's really a combination of Instagram and Twitter. And that's what we're trying to build because that's where the eyeballs are. We have to go after Instagram and TikTok or we're wasting our time as a company. So in that context, obviously your biggest single advantage is President Trump. I think he already has something like 2.8 million followers on Truth Social. To what extent does Elon Musk getting involved with Twitter change your calculations? Well, we've been very supportive of it. President Trump had a clear mission. I always say this, 
that the last thing that President Trump needed was a new company. And the last thing that I needed was a job. As you know, Newt, I was in line to be the chair of the Ways and Means Committee. But we have to give the American people their voice back. And Donald Trump you know, asked me to do this. He's building this for the American people, not for himself. He's very proud of what's been created. I mean, you know, we've only been going, like I said, a month. But it's just amazing to watch the interaction there, the engagement levels. And this is something that had to be done to open the Internet back up. Devin, I'm very curious. Obviously, this was created by President Trump. He has enormous pool with his people. And based on the early reviews, in many ways, it's a Trump community. How do you see it evolving in terms of membership? Well, it's been fascinating to watch because really we were the home for people to get their voice back. And Newt, I would say that it's not just about President Trump. We're open to everyone. But what's been moving, and I think even surprising for me as someone who has been through this with Rumble and Parler, but to see so many people that had been banned from all the other platforms. So even during our beta test, it was amazing to watch people come on the platform And we like to say that we're making social media fun again. We want people to feel safe. We want people to network. We don't want people being attacked by spam accounts and bot accounts. But it's so cool to watch people say, oh, my God, I remember you from, you know, four years ago. I used to follow you on Facebook or Instagram or what have you. And Newt, you see this every single day. And so imagine when we were just kind of in the initial beta testing, then we opened it up a month ago. We were number one on the app store for so long. We have so many people with the app. Now we're seeing the same thing because we are now open the web browser. So we're open to everybody in the United States. So I think when you look at it, we are a place where we have good video. We have really good pictures. And once we build out more features, we are trying to be a place where people have a good time. And I think that's what you see on the platform is people are just so excited to be in freedom again because they don't have to worry about being censored for their political views. And it really is something to watch. It's moving. I mean, it really is for me, even though I've been through this with Rumble and Parler, I just could not believe. I mean, every day it's very emotional to be a part of. And I think it's something that our whole community that we're building at True Social, I think everybody that's been in from the beta testing I think people love it. Like people come on the platform and they say, I want this or that. And then somebody will respond, well, hey, you got to remember, it's going to take some time. So it's kind of cool. I don't even have to answer the questions that people are asking because we have so many of our great people and patriots that are on there that will answer the questions for us as we continue to grow and add users to the platform and make it a fun place to be. Devin, what do you think? Is Trump ever going to rejoin Twitter? No. And like I was telling you earlier, I mean, he has no reason to because Twitter's a failed business model. It's not something that we want to emulate. And most people are getting more engagement now on true social than they get on Twitter. So there would be no reason for President Trump to go back on Twitter. He said publicly multiple times that he's not going back on Twitter. And, you know, I've been off Twitter for two and a half years, so I just don't see a reason for him to go. And I'm confident he's not going to go. So one of the things I'm noticing, though, as you and President Trump begin to build a genuine open system where conservatives will not be discriminated against. And as Elon Musk is making a serious effort at bringing Twitter back from the far left, that the partial answer on the left has been to create this Department of Homeland Security Disinformation Governance Board, which strikes me as insanely anti-American and closer to the Chinese communist 
than to anything we've ever seen. What's your response, I mean, both from your background as the chair of the Intelligence Committee and from the work you're now doing in the private sector trying to liberate and create a space for people to seek truth? What's your reaction to the whole idea of the government having a disinformation governance board? Well, first of all, as you said, this is something straight out of the old Soviet Union and the Chinese Communist playbook. And I believe that this was a direct response to true social being created. Because as you know, Newt, it takes a long time for those gears of government to get the bureaucracies, even though they control the bureaucracies and they have a lot of kindred spirits in those bureaucracies. As you know, this doesn't get stood up overnight. And my guess is with us creating an uncancelable platform, they wanted to use the levers of government. And I think the reason they created that disinformation board was precisely because of what we're building at True Social. And I think when Elon Musk came along and made an offer for Twitter, I think that made it even more important to come out with their disinformation board so that they could try to regulate to their benefit social media. Now, the left has enough headwinds going into this next election. I mean, this is just a bonanza for not only a company like ours, True Social, but also I think for the Republicans heading into the midterms to just beat the living crap out of the administration, they're putting a pause on this. But just to finish up, I mean, the character that they put in charge of this, it's almost like you couldn't make it up. This was the queen of disinformation. Not only was she a true believer in the Russia hoax, which, by the way, means she was probably in on it. You almost had to be in on it to promote it as much as she did. She was also a big proponent of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell being Russian disinformation. So you really can't make this up that they pick someone like this that's totally nuts, totally left wing. Something like this, there should be a lesson made of this. And I hope that Republicans, if they get control of this, I mean, they need to actually subpoena documents and figure out how did this exactly start? Like who in government, what politicians thought that this is a good idea? Because this is not only a bad idea, it's a dangerous idea that leads to very dark places for this country if we've got government-controlled regulators deciding what's disinformation and what's not. The very idea that they thought it was plausible is very chilling. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You did have a political career before your technological business career. As you look back at your 22nd district, How has it been redrawn after the census, and what's your hunch about whether Connie Conway, the Republican, or Lauren Hubbard, the Democrat, will win that? Well, Connie Conway, longtime Republican in our area, she's going to be totally fine. That's to serve out the rest of my term in my current seat as drawn. My seat actually got kind of shifted and moved a little bit to the north, so she's just filling out my term, and then... There are a couple Republicans running, but you know my seat will remain in Republican control. In fact, I've looked back, Newt, man, it was the best district I would ever run in, the new one. The question, I think, in California in general is whether this trend that we've seen in the San Joaquin Valley, I know you've been out there many times, You know, it's kind of the agricultural heartland of the country. A lot of people don't know that California is the number one agricultural area. But in my last two elections, we started to see a movement of working people, especially Hispanics. There's a large number of Mexican-Americans in my area. And we started to see a movement in the direction of the Republican Party. Now, not as much as you've seen down in Texas, where it looks like in the southern part of Texas, it's just been a dramatic shift. But I would be shocked if you don't see Hispanics that head in the same direction 
as what you've seen happen in Texas. I don't know if it'll be so overwhelming, but look, as you know, Newt, if a Republican in California can get 40 or 50% of the Mexican-American vote, it makes Republicans viable in California again. We'll see. There's a long way to go, but California has got a lot of problems. I'll tell you that, as you well know. Well, and I also want to ask you, because you, in terms of what you did that was very courageous, I mean, I remember when we talked about the Russia hoax and the degree to which the left was beating you up and the degree to which it turned out everything you said was true and everything Adam Schiff said was a lie. What's your reaction to the trial that's now underway, which it looks to me absolutely proves that this was a deliberate hoax created by the Clinton campaign and their allies and is one of the worst undermining of American democracy that we've seen in generations. It's astonishing. And it all seems to me, it all validates what you were saying at the time. Yeah, I think it's a very dark chapter in American history. And look, you're a historian, so you'll understand this. But when the history is written about this dark chapter in American history, and I hope we come to light soon, but you go back to late 2015, early 16, you've got people within the DOJ and the FBI working with the Clinton campaign, targeting Donald Trump and his associates. And you know, really the Republican Party, because he becomes the Republican Party nominee. And they justified it at the time because the fake news media said, well, Donald Trump can never be president. So they justified it in their own minds. And it became a very slippery slope because then they're getting FISA warrants on people, listening to phone calls, running spies into the Republican Party's nominee's campaign. And then afterwards, when he wins, they continued it. And that's who you see on trial right now because they developed kind of a new narrative. This is a very slim part. What you're seeing now with Sussman, it's a very narrow part of the entire Russia hoax. But that really bogged down the entire country for and the presidency. And it led to Mueller, which was a completely corrupt process where they weaponized the Department of Justice and had a special counsel. And I had to stand there and say this was all a bunch of crap. And I had to take on all of these people in the media, but it really was. I mean, I hadn't seen anything that resembled Trump or Republicans dealing with Vladimir Putin. It was preposterous. But let's think about where this goes. It goes to, well, let's just impeach a president, right? Not once, but let's do it twice. Let's call all our opponents. Essentially, it was McCarthyism all over again, Newt. And you know, basically, anybody they didn't like, they called them an agent of Vladimir Putin. And then... This went on and on, and justice has been delayed for so long that, you know, really the country's depending on Durham to right this wrong. But let's think about how far we slipped. One day it's, ah, it's just Donald Trump, and let's go after him. And where are we at here in the last few weeks? Something that I know that I never imagined, but for the Supreme Court to leak documents and for protesters to be at the Supreme Court justice's house, we have gone a long, long way to destruction of every single institution in this country. And I think eventually historians are going to have to look upon this period and say, this started with Clinton and the Obama-Biden administration, and they corrupted the whole government to where ultimately some thought it was okay to leak the proceedings of the Supreme Court. And now you have the media basically okaying and not holding the Biden administration or Merrick Garland responsible for justices being targeted at their own homes. And remember, it was okay. You go back, oh, it's Trump. And then, oh, 
Because, you know, remember, they targeted me and my family at my home, right? Oh, it's just a congressman. They have to put up with that, right? Death, oh, you know, it's that, they have to deal with that. But then state courts and federal courts didn't do anything about it. You know, they let General Flynn sit there and flounder for so long. And then eventually it ends up with where we're at now, where I think Clarence Thomas is rightfully very concerned. So hopefully Durham can write this and people can serve time in jail. And we're at the beginning of this. We've got Sussman now, and he needs to be able to prove a larger conspiracy case. And we'll see if he can get there. It does strike me that we're very close to mob rule, replacing the rule of law in the Constitution, and that this is a process that's been growing. I want to thank you. I do want to point out to all of our listeners that I'm going to be sending my first truth today from my new Truth Social account with a link to this episode. I think it's very cool. People can join you, join me, join President Trump and many others on Truth Social, and they can join Truth Social by downloading the app from the Apple App Store or by going directly to truthsocial.com. I think what you're doing is terrific. Once again, you are leading the fight for freedom in a different arena but with, I think, dramatic impact. Devin, I really want to thank you for joining me and discussing this. Well, Newt, it's always a pleasure to be on, and thanks for the invitation, and we'll continue to fight here. Thank you to my guest, Congressman Devin Nunes. We'll have details about how you can connect to Truth Social on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howe, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. And I want to give a special shout out to Jessica Jacobs, who has been key to this program and has done a tremendous job and is going on to even bigger and better horizons. We will miss her deeply. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.